The Forum at 8 on SAFM. Eight minutes after eight, or just gone nine minutes after eight here on the Forum at Eight. And uh, this morning we are tackling a very, very important issue, but also a very testy one. So we're going to try and navigate through it. Uh, so uh, today we look at the culture of non-payment. So where to residents owe Eskom four billion rand in electricity debt. And so it has been in arrears since uh, 2003. So what is behind this culture of non-payment, which is over a decade in existence. But before we get into the discussion on the Forum at 8 this morning, I want you to listen to this piece, which was produced by Ronald Peary, who's one of our producers here. He walked around the township of Soweto just to gauge how residents actually prioritize their spending. Soweto was a product of apartheid Prime Minister Jan Smarts when he passed the Native Urban Areas Act, a township for only the black. Music and dance hall gave the residents of Soweto a short reprieve from the daily oppression and struggles to make ends meet. Soweto 2015. The music may have changed, but the issues remain. I'm standing here in Cape Town, Soweto, in the exact location where the Congress of the People adopted the Freedom Charter in 1955. The Charter decades that Africa belongs to all who live in it and that the country will never be prosperous and free until people enjoy equal rights and opportunities. The Charter also adds that there will be houses, security and comfort, among other promises. But 60 years on, some residents here say change is but a myth, as some of them still don't have access to water and electricity. Given the current challenges, they say they have legitimate reasons for their non-compliance when it comes to paying for services. The government promised a lot of things, but nothing has been done. They're not delivering on the promises made. Free electricity and everything, it's a myth. Nothing is working. For me, it's not good to pay electricity and water, because when, once we vote for, from 1994, they said we'll, we'll get free delivery, everything's for free. So now when they say we must pay water, uh, for me it's not good. Because some people, they don't afford to pay. What can we say? Because our government said we should pay, so we are paying that. Sometimes it's hard because our parents are not working, and it's only me who works at home, so it's hard. Yes! For the kids living here, the streets is their playground. They hopscotch electrical wires that lie bare on the streets, Sometimes going home is a dangerous game. Another feature that I've seen on the streets as I walk around are empty beer bottles, rubbish bags, papers and stray dogs. The situation might look dire on the streets, but most of the average homes here have a satellite dish. Now this begs the question, 
are some of the people here who live in Soweto, genuinely poor people who can afford to pay for services? If, if there is somebody who's not working at home, it's so difficult. That's why most of the people, they trap electricity so that, that they can make their cost less. Some people are unemployed and some, some people are, you know, they don't work, so they must give us this thing free. When it comes to compliance, for some around here, it's more about priorities. I'll look after my kids first, and school fees, transport, all those kind of things, and the rest will come. No, uh, but I used to pay for electricity. Uh, with all these wires, and I get illegal connections. So I give only talk about the electricity if people are, are connecting illegally. Because it makes it easier. We have electricity coming for free. If you can afford this card, don't you think you can afford to pay electricity like, like everyone else? Eh, I don't think so. Because the expenses are so eh, I, can, I, can, I can spend my money on whatever I want to. According to the South African Local Government Association, SAUGA, there are several municipalities who have yet to pay for services. 98.3 billion rand is owed to municipalities for municipal services. Households owe 57.6 billion rand. And that was Jean de la Harpe, Executive Director of Municipal Infrastructure Services at the South African Local Government Association, Salga, ending that report by Ronald Peary. And of course, this is a very difficult subject to discuss, but one that needs to be discussed all the same. Now, during the apartheid years, the rent boycotts and all the uh, user charges were effective weapons against an illegitimate regime. But after those times, when we made that transition into democracy, it would seem as though those boycotts that were expected to seize simply did not. And we find ourselves now in a situation 21 years into our democracy where Treasury released a report for the 2013-2014 financial year that states that municipalities are owed 93.4 billion rand for services and that the eight metros accounted for the largest part of this amount with 53.2 billion rand. That's the tune to which they are are in debt. But then so many questions also arise as to why, what is the motive behind, you know, this sort of behavior? Why do people feel that they don't need to pay for services, considering that this is a legitimate government? So what are some of the reasons behind this sort of culture that we see now? The lines are open 0891-104-208. And you can also SMS us on 34701, tweet or Facebook us at AM Live on SAFM. And the question we are asking you this morning is, is it fair to demand services through protest while maintaining the culture of non-payment in South African townships? Is it fair? Um, and, and, and we're not just pinning this on Soweto. By no means, it's not a Soweto problem. It's quite universal across South African townships in the main. So tell us, what are your views on this? And if you feel that perhaps we are unfair as well, we'd love to hear from you. 891 And joining us uh, for uh, the discussion this morning, we, all, we have with us Temba Mgomgoma. Have I said that correctly, Teba? 
It's Tembani Ngongoma. Thanks for speaking to us this morning. He is with Abasali Basem John Dolo in Kuamashu in KZN. And also Nditini. Nditini, before I mangle your surname, how do you pronounce it? Tido Sakin. Tido. Ah, that was easier. You see, it's a good thing I asked you because if I was going to go phonetically, I was going to massacre (laughs) your surname. So, uh, gentlemen, uh, thank you so much for speaking to us uh, this morning. And Nditini is the chairperson of the Kailicha Development Forum. Now, let me start with you, Nditini. Why do you think uh, people are refusing to pay for services even though they enjoy the benefit derived from that? Uh, thank you very much, Akina, and uh, a very good morning to you and your listeners. I don't think in the first instance that people are refusing to pay. But it's just that there, there are a lot of things that when we want to discuss this subject, we must also take into account. One of them is the issue of unemployment, and hence unaffordability is very real as well. Because if you look at the un- unemployment rate in the country and if you look at the, at the people who are now in the majority, that is the youth in our country, and the, and the in, in where I speak only for Cape Town, where I'm at, Kailita is one of the townships that you find, or that is in the majority still informal. Now, when you hear all these things about municipalities receiving awards, clean audits and everything else, but when you ask a question, would somebody who stays in RR section or BM section in Kailisha side be, would that, or have that person anything to celebrate or anything to encourage or incentivize that person to want to pay? Now, these are the kind of things that makes people not, not it's not a refusal, but sometimes the, 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 the refusal by some municipalities, especially the city of Cape Town, to co-deliver services to communities, with communities. That will take a lot of community education about the, the responsibility of each citizen towards the rendering of services in the first instance. But when you say people need to be incentivized to pay for services, how does that work? If you receive electricity, surely that needs to be paid for. If there's water coming out of your tap and you are making use of that, surely it needs to be paid for. I think I agree with you very much, Sakina, but I'll give you one example. The most of the electrified areas of Kailisha right now, people are, are unprepared and all of them, they are paying, they are, they are buying the electricity, that's one. But a second measure that the city of Cape Town is using is something called the water meter devices. Instead of this, uh, instead of this being taken as one measure of water preservation, you'd find more and more is used as a debt management methodology. Mm-hmm. Now, which makes people resistant to this as a measure. But generally, if you were to take the line that you say you are also preserving water because Cape Town is said to be one of the water scarce cities. Now, the problem you find is that sometimes municipalities would say this to the communities and do something completely different. So what you are saying is until such time that people are completely satisfied uh, in getting what it is that they want and demand it's okay for them to continue mm-hmm. on this, in, in this culture of not paying. In, in fact, like, you know, a free person must be satisfied. That is, as, 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 point number, a free person must be satisfied. As I'm saying to you now, all the electrified areas, as we speak right now, people are unprepared and they are paying. And with the process of the installations of the water meter devices, at first it was said to be a measure to 
to preserve water, but now it's no longer that it's used as a debt as a debt management mechanism. Now communities feel cheated when that is the case. Mm. But, but but let's be honest, you, you know, um, let me bring Tembani in here. We talk about pre-paid meters being installed. We know that there is a problem of people stealing electricity off the grid because many people are bridging and, and, and you know, others are simply connecting illegally. This is a problem. We know it exists because if we didn't see it, we, it, we are told this by the financial reports that emerge. Good morning to you and good morning to your listeners at home. First of all, if we get into this discussion, we must be mindful that we are talking about a historically disadvantaged people here, a nation that has been subjected to colonialization and apartheid uh, uh, government with its uh, harsh uh, laws for decades, a nation that a few from it enjoys the political freedom gained only 20 years ago. It would be unfair to even mention that such people have a culture of non-payment towards services and also engage in illegal, illegal connections for such most needed services. Is it First not true, all, though? I would say... Is it not true that, that the culture does exist and there are illegal connections? Are those facts not um, true according to you? I will make an example of, of, of the Etobini municipality since I'm living there. You know, KZN was the only province throughout the past years that had a policy that people living in shacks should not be electrified. And they only reviewed that policy recently. And out of that, people were in need of electricity. In fact, their lives needed electricity. So that is why people opted to illegal connectivity because the municipality was by policy refusing to connect the people. Was that not being inhumane? Did they give reasons as for that policy? Did they they say why? and, And thereafter, the municipality will complain that they are so they lose so much of money for illegal connections, whereas they should have connected the people, and people are being connected to prepaid. And if somebody is connected to prepaid, I don't think that there will be a, a way of which somebody cannot pay for electricity because you, you only use after you have bought electricity prior to using it. And when it comes to water uh, 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 and other services, you will find that there are leaks of water that are not attended to, even if you report those leaks, they will simply come and have a look at it, and some time will go by, water being wasted and unattended to. What do you do in that instance? Because these leaks come from the meter. That also uh, boils down to the to the, uh, 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 the carelessness of our municipality. The carelessness of the agree. municipalities, as you've spelled it out. But what about the carelessness and uh, of, of, of the citizens? Because, as you say, you know, when there is water and people are connecting illegally, how do you expect the municipality to continue providing services if people are not paying for it? It's not an, an, an issue of, 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 of refusing to pay. I would agree with the first uh, 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 speaker that was, was commenting uh, earlier on. It is not an issue of refusing. It's an issue of inaffordability due to the high uh, levels of unemployment. You know, our government has failed us here. Our government has failed to prioritize issues. You know, if you expect people to be 
able to afford to pay for these services, it should have been prioritized before, more especially for, 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 for the accessibility to education. Better education will guarantee people coming to the same level of affordability thereafter. So all in all, the blame goes to the government because the government here is playing a superhero to the people. They Let me ask you, Timbani, do you trust government? Not now, not at all. More especially the local government. Why, why do you distrust them? Everything that is meant for the people is not discussed. People are not involved from the onset. They only come to the people when they want to have the buy-in of already approved projects. And when people do not own those projects, there shall always be the negative uh, attitude towards them. And then, and, 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 Dittini, let me just ask you, do you think it is fair for other citizens to pay their share while some would simply say we will not pay because, as you put it earlier, we have not completely or uh, sufficiently been incentivized to pay? This could be Looks another like, way of saying Looks like, you know, for me, for me, yeah, and uh, and especially for us here in in Cape Town and in Kailuta, no? the issue is not about fairness or not being fair. Look, the protest is not really on only on electricity and water. If you take the struggles that people wage on on sanitation, there was an MDG that government of the world must meet that bucket system must be abolished. Now, if you stay with a bucket in your house, and in, in the light of the world having said that this thing must be abolished by this year, 2015, what would you do? Would, would, the, would a person who really blames you for this really being fair to you? Now, maybe, so, maybe so, so again, maybe... you are speaking to ideal conditions, and until such time that you are, dis, uh, that you are satisfied, you will continue um, to encourage this culture of non-payment. Am I hearing you uh, correctly? We are not encouraging any culture, Sakina, but we are saying that there must be satisfaction of the right to dignity of citizens. Okay. All right, I want to open the lines. I see our listeners are um, chomping at the bit to weigh in on this. 891 is the number to dial. The question we are asking this morning is, is it fair to demand services through protest while maintaining a culture of non-payment in South African townships? That's the question we're grappling with this morning. Let's go to David in Durban. Good morning, David. Morning, morning, and thank you for taking my call. And morning to the, to the guests you have there. Right, uh, I'll first answer your, your question. Is it fair? No, it's not. Uh, that's that's, that's, that's the I, I, I think um, uh, the bottom line is either it, it is or it's not. Now, I say it's not. Reason being, there is no way you can demand, there's no way you can have a right to demand for a service that you're not paying for. It's the same thing the Sakina is no. You want to, to actually go to town. You use a taxi, you're not going to go there and demand it. You have to pay for the fare, right? So, and then that that custom, my my fear with that custom, you know, right now we have the program. Children are listening. When we have people arguing that no, because the government, um, um, like I'm um, earlier with the report, the government promised three things. Children are listening. What society are we are, are, are we making them grow in? Because that's where now the the that's why why we always say that you know the mentality of entitlement comes in. And I know that this issue becomes a sensitive issue, but I'm not trying to be insensitive here or anything. Let's not, I know, like put emotions in it. Let's be objective and, and really, really factual. 
the fact of the matter is that, you know, as long as we are going to, to, to not to want to pay for these services, nothing is, is not changed. Actually, it's going to go away. Okay. But, Thanks, David, in Durban. Let's go to Kempton Park. Ruzani, good morning. Morning. How are you? Well, and you? I'm okay. Yeah, I just want to mention that uh, some of these things are created by government, the impression that uh, people will be living for free and the services will be for free. I will give an example. There, not so long ago, there is a huge debt that ESCOM used to write off for Soweto. So can you imagine what people will be thinking come the other financial year and now ESCOM wants them to pay. So the impression is already created that if you don't pay, the government will also talk to the uh, ESCOM and then the debt will be paid. I mean, I'm talking about almost the billions that has been written off. I don't know if now they are no longer writing that debt off. And I'm not talking about something that I heard about somebody. I'm talking about things that I know. So the impression at times is created by the government and the service providers. Thank you very much. Thank you, Rudzani. Let's go to Opa and Togoza. Good morning, Opa. Hi, Sakina. How are you? Well, and you? <clears throat> Fine. Sakina, we are a moaning nation. South Africans are a moaning nation, and I'm not so sure where this trend has started. You see, if you can take Soweto, for example, with 4 million residents or households, if maybe local municipality can decide, let's go for a flat rate of 60 rent per household, you know, they will be in a position to generate something like 2.8 billion rent in a year. Now, if, if you take that against what people are spending, like you said when you introduced the whole thing, and say, but can people or can people afford to pay 60 rent or not? From what people are spending, yes, indeed, they can spend 60 rent to pay back. But what we don't have as South Africans, I don't think we have a clear qualitative leadership in the local government. People who can promote ideals, people who can interact, people who can communicate properly with their own residents. So that in itself is a coming, coming from our side. Okay. And yes, indeed, if we are able to pay that minimum flat rate and looking into the strength of our majority, then we will do better compared to, because South Africans are not traveling. If, for example, they can go to Mozambique and see the level of poverty and see the level of how people survive on a daily basis, they'll be embarrassed. Okay, we lost uh, Opa there in Togoza, but we got the gist of uh, what he was contributing to the question this morning. The Forum at 8 on SAFM. And before we get back to our discussion, let's just cross over to Natalie Germanis for the latest on South Africa versus Ireland. Natalie? Thanks very much. At the moment, South Africa, 323 for four after 43 overs at the crease right now is Riley Rousseau and David Miller. Earlier on today, we saw hundreds coming from Hashimamla and Fafdu Plessis. Hashimamla made his highest one-day international score, scoring 159 of 128 balls, 16 fours and four sixes he hit before he was eventually caught by Ed Joyce of the bowling of Andy McBride. The hundred from Fafdu Plessis, he ended up making 109 of 109 balls with 10 fours and one six, his fourth hundred 
100 of his international career. They also shared in a partnership of 247 runs for the second record, which is the second highest partnership for South Africa in World Cups for any wicket. Then we saw A.B. de Villiers come in. He made a quick 24, but was eventually dismissed by Andy McBride, caught by Niall O'Brien. De Villiers eventually scored 24 from 9 with 1-4 and 2 sixes. Now David Miller and Riley Rousseau at the crease trying to get South Africa to a target that will be out of Ireland's reach. Ireland are very good chasers, but this possibly could be a bridge too far for them. They've still got just under seven overs to bowl at the South Africans, and already South Africa are up to 327 for four now, with Rousseau on nine. Miller is on 16. Matthew Jumanis for SAFM Sports. The Forum at 8 on SAFM. Back to the forum and the question this morning uh, that we are asking, is it fair to demand services through protests while maintaining the non-payment culture in our South African uh, townships? And our guest this morning, uh, we have Nditini Tido, who is chairperson of the Kailicha Development Forum. And we also have uh, Tembani Ngomgoma, uh, who's from Abatali Basem Jondolo in Guamashu in KZN. But let's just take a few more calls before I come back to our panel. Shelton in Durban, good morning. Good morning. How are you, Sakina? Well, and you? Good. Thank you for taking my call. I just want to be straight to the point here. I applied for electricity. I got electricity. I asked for electricity, and ESCOM said that they do not have electricity in the Shongweni area. All my appliances are electrical. Now, really, how can we say that we do not want illegal connections? I want to pay for it. I can afford to pay for it, but they don't want to connect for me. Thank you very much, Alison. So, so hold on, Shelton, before you go. So you are yes. saying because ESCOM said they cannot connect you, you will now resort to illegal connection. Is that what you're saying? Uh, I am saying I have got fridges, I have got TVs. I cannot afford to run a generator. I need the services of ESCOM. I, I have applied to them more than three times. Uh, call center. I need electricity. Please connect for me. I can they do not want. They don't have capacity. So what so are you really, going to do now? What are you going to do? I tried. I'm going to make an illegal connection. That's what I'm going to do. But why would you do that? I mean, illegal. Uh, you know, that's self-explanatory. Why would you actually make yourself guilty of something illegal for which then if you are caught, you should be imprisoned? Okay. But what then do you want me to do? Should I meet each and every day? I should go into the shopping by 20 by 50 rand meat for my kids. Should I not have a cool drink in my fridge? Is that what you're saying? I'm not Let's saying that. that. They're a service provider. Uh, service uh, provider. Mm-hmm. I want to hear that they are the only company to people to buy their commodity. I need electricity in my home. And you will have it by any means possible? If, if they can give it to me legally, I would so much and if they can't, you, you will take it illegally. What do you want me to do? Come in on to say I'm trying to cry out loud. But Shelton, I tell need me the electricity. Does the fact that many people have gotten away with illegal connections does that uh, has that fa- uh, been factored into your decision to actually do the illegal connection? Not looking at what A or B have done, I am trying to get this legally. ESCOM should be providing electricity. I didn't say I want it for free. I want to pay for it. What the next person is doing, I really am not looking at that. I want to pay for it. Give it to me. 
for crying out loud, what do I need to pay for the electricity. Okay, Shelton, let us know how it goes. That's Shelton in Durban. Shelton says he has been asking for Eskom to connect him legally. They say they don't have capacity and he will now resort to an illegal connection. That's what Shelton said. Let's hear from Karim also in Durban. Good morning, Karim. Lucky how are you? Well, and you? So happy to talk to him. You know, we had a problem with the line for the last three months. I couldn't get through the radio. But anyway, I think Telcom has started from. Thank you very much. Sakina, I have just one, two comments to make. The biggest problem facing this country with all those problems of service delivery is the problem of we having so many people living who are not from here, who are not South Africans, who are living and we have a population problem where foreigners, I don't say I don't like the foreigners, but we don't have infrastructure for our local people and there's a lot of foreigners living in different areas and then the element of uh, culture of uh, disrespect uh, uh, illegal connections is all manifesting in the fact that we find that people are breaking schools, burning schools. I think it's not right. It's not, it's, it's, unfortunately, this country is a culture of disrespect. I mean, the authorities and the government cannot provide everything, but the point is the government is not drawing a line. If a person is caught for disconnecting an illegal the connection, they should find out who he is, where is he from. If he's a foreigner who's living illegally here, he should be repatriated or probably gone to court and sentenced. The, the problem is not going to get solved because it's sitting with about 11, 12, 15 million people who don't belong in this country. And they are the ones that are trying to get into places where they can make their businesses, connect the business premises with lights, electricity, water. And I think the local citizen is paying the price. And we can go on talking for the next five years. We will not solve this problem until such time that the local, not local, the government itself does not take drastic action of resolving the issue of foreigners who are coming in. I don't say that people are legal, but there's so many illegal people who are living in uh, Shabins and wherever they're living. They're connecting, they're connecting illegal connections. And that's uh, Kareem's contribution in uh, Durban. Let me run through some of uh, the SMSs and tweets that are coming through. Mzukisi Ekailicha says, My parents were not paying for the municipal services because of poor services, and little has changed. Why must we pay? Um, SN in Bloom says, How do you rent a DSTV but you cannot pay your electricity bill? This is just nonsensical. J in KZN says, It's very unfair for people to expect free services because government has to get the money from someone and it is from the ones who are working through taxes. However, government spoiled these people when they wanted votes. This is unaffordable. The woman said she will spend her money on herself. And what about the electricity? This must stop. Uh, This one from Joan. Joan says, um, they were led to understand that electricity being freely available is being available for free. Ditto water and other services. Mdu in Durban says, people are unemployed and those who are are underpaid and they simply cannot afford to pay. Charles also in Durban says, good morning. If uh, you could get away with not paying for services, would you? And, and and I think Shelton bears that point out, whereby he says, well, you know, he can't get it. Uh, he will take it whichever way he can. But I suspect it's because he's seen other people get away with it. Um, uh, t- Advocate uh, Tobakale in Giani says, 
we're using violence for change. So those who are saying that violence is not fair, they are well in their homes and they are relatives of those who are corrupt in government and they lie to the public about service delivery using political jargon and words to confuse the public. So I'll read more of your messages. I'll get a response from our panel this morning. The question, uh, just to remind you, that we are asking, is it fair? to demand services through protest while maintaining the culture of non-payment in our South African townships. 20. The Forum at 8 on SAFM. And uh, just trying to read through as many messages in response to uh, this morning's uh, Forum at 8 question. Is it fair to demand services through protest while maintaining the culture of non-payment in South African townships? And I want to run through some of the Facebook messages. Uh, Dean G. February says, The ANC is to blame for creating a lazy nation by promising people freebies and handouts instead of jobs. Mandla Inasol uh, Ramolathwane says, I don't blame citizens when they embark on a strike to demand better services. What I hate is when opportunists use the marches to vandalize shops owned by foreigners. You can't expect citizens to pay for services rendered by local municipalities when the people who are in charge of running them are misusing the cash that is supposed to speed up service service delivery in our townships. Angan Musani says, this thing is so bad. Many people are really affected, especially children who are still going to school. I really wish that this can stop. Uh, Louis Weyer, short and sharp, says no pay, no services. And then Sheikh Smaile um, Mashabela says it's bad, of course, because the government has to take the money from the people who pay for their services and use it to deliver services to non-paying communities. I think government has a duty to educate people in the townships about the importance of paying for the services that is being provided to them. And then uh, Shangi Emmanuel says, yes, it is fair. The ANC taught us to do this during the apartheid years. And Banele says, if services are paid for, they would deliver and need to protest won't arise. I know my view is too simplistic for a complex matter, but that's what should be happening. You pay for the services and it will be delivered. Bomba Sumpi says, what do you mean we don't pay tax or VAT uh, because uh, we don't pay tax because VAT is always deducted on us when we go to the shop? 14%. Nobody said you're not paying tax. Nobody said anybody's not paying tax. That's not what we are saying. We are talking about, you know, the culture of non-payment. And I think it's important that we do draw a distinction between the ability to pay because there are people who honestly cannot pay. But for that, there are indigent policies that people can go to local government and ask for exemption. But how does that square up with the sense of entitlement, this entitlement culture that is also pervasive in South African society? How do we actually weigh those two up against one another? Many people talking about the issue of DSTV and people who are willing to pay for DSTV, but at the same time, they are not willing to pay for anything else. What do you make of that? So uh, please uh, keep those messages coming in response to our Forum at 8 question this morning. Is it fair to demand services through protests while maintaining the culture of non-payment in our South African townships? Ndichini, let me just come back to you. Do you think that this culture is one that is sustainable? Uh, look, looks like, like, like you know, um, I was listening to, to, the, to, to the responses from the rest of the other callers that, one, the, the hammering or the stressing on for it being fair or not being fair, 
There is a study by AFSM that is now the African African Food uh, uh, Food Security Network of UCT reports that out of the ten households in Kaidita, only nine is food secure. That's one. The point I'm trying to make here is that if people knew if that is accepted to be the case or to be dependable, then it means the entire Kailita then can apply for exemption as an indigent community. That's one. But when communities do not know this, and the point I'm making is again is that the people are paying prepaid, they are paying. Referring to this issue about water meter devices, people are consenting to having these installed in their homes as a means to, to meeting the government. But the problem here, Sakina, is not that. You were in a situation of the, uh, I don't know if you still remember the, the people, the victims of the fire that took place in, in, in December 2012. Those people were placed in a place in January 2013. Since then, they've been in that place unserviced. Yeah, and uh, the day before they banned our tambo as a KDF, we condemn the banning of facilities. But at the same time, we are saying that politicians must be careful of making statements, not consulting communities about these things. Because the point I'm making is that recently the World Health Organization had its TB, international TB day in Kailita, somewhere in Makassar and Kanin. If there's a TB concentration in an area, then it means there's a high level of malnutrition. Then it means those people are poor and impoverished, therefore eligible for, for exemption. Mm-hmm. But if, if these are possibilities that exist, then the question that begs to be asked, who do these municipalities talk to when they are going to service areas? Now, and that's a fair brothers, question. That is a fair question. But, but some, can some I throw that question sister, to you as well, okay, as an activist please. in the community? What have yes. you done to actually, you know, uh, uh, enlighten people about these policies and make sure that they actually go and apply for these exemptions? Actually, actually, Sakina, the Kaiser Development Forum does talk to the city of Cape Town. Whether the city of Cape Town listens to what has been said is another question for another day. If you, if one, if, and if you see sometimes the recklessness of political rhetoric, Sakina is the leader of the chief of the DA recently in the in the recent son, he makes a reference about the people of Kailita being governed by ANC ward and sub-councillors in reference to what is not taking place in that area. In essence, meaning, if you didn't vote for us, therefore you will remain poor and unserviced. Mm. The, uh, impl- the implication that that was a loose conflict in Parliament during the, the present State of the Nations debate, but it was referred that your area is governed at a white level and, and the sub-council by ANC, therefore... You will remain poor and condemned. Now, when people who stand up and uh, the, the chief of the DA, Mr. What's this gentleman's name? Uh, or whatever his name is, but uh, 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 the, 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 the chief of the DA in Parliament, National Parliament. Now, the, now, the reference was made to something in Kailish. Now, the point, the simple question he provides is that because the wards, all of the wards there and sub and councils are governed by a different political party, in the, in the eyes of the day that governs the city of Cape Town, therefore you remain condemned. Okay. So all our, all our efforts as, 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 as activists in community level are reaching out to municipalities and saying, especially the city of Cape Town, and saying, you go around the world and tell them you're a good city, you're a beautiful city, but you still have people who sleep with buckets in their homes. You still have people who were victims of fire since 2012 are still just put in that place, what is now referred to as Blackie's Dorm. Now, now, you've got those kinds of issues, Sakina. And the question that we must not try and evade here, whose responsibility is it 
to educate citizens about their rights. Because oh. it, it would seem right. that people are preying on the ignorance of, of citizens. All right. And Chemani, um, what's your take on that before I go back to the calls? Judging from the comments of our uh, of the callers, yeah, it is very much clear that we are coming from different backgrounds. But I would ask you one question, or maybe our callers, that if they know that in some instances citizens are denied services deliberately, I will tell you why I'm saying this. Mm-hmm. The Ekerini municipality in July last year, a notice of motion was tabled by one of the political parties that the people in Sianda informal settlement must be electrified. And that notice of motion was not carried because the ruling party, the DNC, with its majority and other political parties in the council, voted against the electrification of the informal settlement of Sianda. And only two political parties voted in favor of that. And in that way, that notice of motion was not carried. Are the people aware of they that they've become a background of political parties, uh, uh, battles? And in this, you will find that after this, we were supposed to protest because we have tried the legal way of trying to acquire a service, but we were denied through a vote and the majority in council. And everything is done through the council. And people must be aware that protesting is not something that you just wake up in the morning and take it to the streets. There is a series of attempts that are being lied to or ignored or the doors are just being shut in your face. And that is the reason why people protest, because protests seem to be the only language that is understood by the authorities in public offices. Thank you. Thank you, Tembani. Let's go back to the lines. Um, uh, Temba is calling us from Port Elizabeth. Good morning, Temba. Morning, Sakina. Sakina, it is not fair. It is not fair not to pay and expect the service. But we must put this into context, that all those who cannot afford, government says there's an indigent police. I pay for those people in a household who earns up to two uh, old pensions. So there is nobody in that bracket who should complain and say, I do not have the service. All people, what they should be complaining about is the poor response to fix problems when they arrive. Two again. In Itequini municipality, there has been a national policy that simply says electricity has to be established or erected to formal, formal established residential areas. That policy does not reside with the municipality of Tequin. It resides at a national level in the controls of, of, of electricity. So that municipality could not have voted in favor of that motion. Otherwise, it would be in contravention or in conflict with the national legislation. All mm-hmm. what we have to stress on here is to say municipalities carry a large responsibility to educate and consult communities. But also communities have been applied over Deben or Etequin have seen effects all over the Donga areas. People do not have land to, to stay, but municipalities must allocate land for sex, and those sex should be formalized, then electricity will go into those people. Okay. And people should not enjoy erecting sex anywhere and expect the service at all. To put service into a sex, it's more expensive than the sex itself.
All right, got you there, Temba. We have to take a short break. When we come back, we'll take Mkize and Lennox Mabasa very briefly. SAFM brings you live, interactive, topical news from current affairs, global warming debates, women's issues, to interviews with top literary connoisseurs. To join our conversations, visit our website on safm.co.za. Follow us on Twitter at SAFM Radio or simply like our Facebook page, SAFM Radio. SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. The Forum at 8 on SAFM. On the Forum at 8 this morning, uh, we are asking, is it fair to demand services through protests while maintaining the culture of non-payment in our South African townships? Mkize and Guamashu, good morning. Hello, Sakina, how are you? Well, and you? Uh, I'm fine, I'm fine. Sakina, I wanted to comment on the issue that why are South Africans not paying uh, for electricity? The answer to that question is not rocket science answer. It's very easy. People are not employed. Give people jobs and they will pay for electricity. And this issue of, this issue of uh, people not in this country, there's so much money in this country. For instance, it's a municipality spending millions of rent to bid for a commonwealth. Why don't they take those millions of rent, then hire youth and get youth to, to do the jobs? I don't understand mm. why. But it is not entirely no true that people simply do not pay because they cannot afford or because they are unemployed. Because the reality is there are people who are employed, who are living in big houses and driving flashy cars, who simply will not pay because they find themselves living in a certain locality where they can get away with non-payment. Yeah, but I'm not talking about those people. Those people are doing that on their own. I'm talking about people who can't afford to pay because they are unemployed. But shouldn't they then present themselves to government and say, you know what, I'm unemployed, I'm indigent, and therefore I should be exempt from certain uh, paying certain bills? Why do people not do that? I don't know, but what I was saying is that people are unemployed. Government should give people jobs, therefore they will pay for, for LCCC. All right, Mkize. And I'm not disagreeing with that. Government does have a responsibility to create conducive environments for an economy to flourish that will ensure that most people are employed in this country. Lennox Mabaso in Durban, good morning. Good morning, Fatina. Uh, just to clarify two issues. Uh, I think judging from the responses of some of the callers, it is very clear that government has put every instrument to encourage people to pay for the services. If you are unable to pay because you are indigent, you simply go to the municipality and make an application and you, 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 you are classified as indigent and you are exempted, simple and straightforward. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, people must be able to understand the implications of not paying because our, our municipalities work on a user pay system. You, you get the services and then you must pay for services. So there's absolutely no justification for people not to pay. But what we- are the implications? Because there are townships, ah, and there goes Lennox, because people have not paid for years and they still have access to electricity. They still have access to water. So what does that say? We send in Lozi from the EFF. Good morning. Thank you very much, Sakina, for having us. We are of the opinion as the economic freedom fighters that basic services for everybody that uh, is not earning any income or any decent income, particularly in the townships and poor communities, must not be forced to pay at all, precisely because the government has failed over and over the years to make sure that our people get 
decent jobs. Decent jobs are jobs that medical aid, are jobs that are permanent contract, are jobs that have pension funds, are jobs that where you are able consistently to provide for your education, to buy your own electricity and so on and so forth. So the statistics are mounting that most of our people cannot afford even the houses that they live in. Now, the, la- the final point that we'd like to note is that actually the people who protest are not the people who have the ability to pay. That is a false assumption that has been proven over and over the years. Most of the people who take to the streets to demand basic services are precisely the people who are loitering without jobs or are the same people or the children of the people who are unemployed. And therefore, most of what should be paying for these services are the big businesses, are the big mining magnets that exploit for years our people in the communities that they live in. Thank you, Mbuiseni Ndlozi from the EFF. I tell you what, it would be great to have a roundtable discussion here and bring in even more uh, representatives on this particular matter because something has to be done about it. It is not fair on some people that they will continue to pay and if you don't pay, you get cut off, whereas others can get away with not paying. And I made it very clear that we ought to draw a distinction between the ability to pay and the culture of entitlement. So we're clear on that. If you can't afford it, policies are in place to make sure that you are exempt. But if you just don't pay because you don't want to, That's another story altogether. We'll have a roundtable on this particular matter. With that, uh, we're going to close it for today. Thanks to our guests this morning, Nditini Chido from the Kailicha Development Forum, as well as uh, Tembani Ngongoma from Abatali Basem Jondolo Kwamashu. The Forum at 8 on SAFM.